welcome to the Macrofab Engineering Podcast. We are yep. your guests. Yep. Yeah. 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 So we are your guests, Matt Keys with the Iron Yard, Brian Dorton with the Iron Yard, and we're your hosts, Parker Doan and Stephen Craig. That was a little unorthodox, but it works. So this is uh, yeah. episode twenty. Yep. And we thought it would be fun uh, to zero have uh, two guests on the podcast this Double week. Doubled up. Doubled up. That's Double right. Up. That's right. So our first two two guest podcast. Yeah. So um, Matt Keys is a uh, Oklahoma-born, Texas-raised Southerner with a brief Australian and British res- residences. He learned programming in high school, but quickly branched... Uh, I'm not going to keep going on that. <laughs> if you go on to the Iron Yard website, there is like an enormous paragraph saying what Matt Keys is. So Matt Keys, just explain to yourself uh, or to everyone listening, who are you? Who am I? Um, yeah, so I've... Uh, <laughs> or who, who are you not? <laughs> who am I not? Yeah, that's that's actually, actually easier way. to explain. I'm not a model, not a dancer, and I am not someone who uh, does not go to plays. <laughs> figure that out. Uh, no, I, um, I've, I've been programming for a long time, and I just kind of got into, into tech and got into computer security uh, in college, and I kind of got into compilers and stuff like that. So I went to UT and ended up going deep down the rabbit hole. Um, and then quickly after like two years of core computer science stuff in university, uh, I found myself without any other computer science courses to take. So I had to take like art and things like that. <laughs> so I got into startups. And as I got into startups, I started getting more into like web development and things. And I had to kind of figure that stuff out. Um, lo and behold, uh, three startups later and, and like a lot of many, many years and some gray hair added. Uh, I'm now uh, working with the Iron Nerd to kind of help. Uh, I first taught in, uh, like the classes there, and now I kind of help uh, train instructors as they come into the company. Cool. Very cool. And uh, Brian Dorton. And Bro- so um, I was looking up your description, and the only because th- you're not on the Iron Yard website. On the about page. right, right. Um, so the only description I could find was your Twitter handle, <laughs> and it says campus director for Iron Yard Houston. That that was it. That's pretty much it. That next, next. No, no, no. Okay, I thought that was it. Like that's, it that's pretty done. much sums it up, right? No, and that was the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, like I've I've been uh, in education for over a decade now, and um, I graduated from Texas A and M. Uh, and whoop, whoop, yeah, no whoops over here. Yeah. <laughs> didn't it, you know? I was in the in the boat of didn't really know what I wanted to do when I grew up, and uh, you know, started getting into some teaching and and really kind of found my groove there, and uh, figured out that I'm not a great teacher of kids, but I'm a great teacher of adults. So found that out pretty soon, <laughs> and because uh, I was pretty terrible in the classroom, and. Uh, I've always been the tech uh, dork in in everywhere that I've been, and uh, I was able to kind of uh, kind of take that passion, start integrating technology with teachers. Um, did that for about ten years, and um, then I found uh, the Iron Yard, mm-hmm. and it was a perfect intersection. Um, so I started learning to code myself back in '08. So I can, uh, I'm in no way an expert, but uh, I can kind of hold my own in, in some regard. Um, and this was a, a perfect opportunity to kind of stay in the career that I love, which is education and a perfect intersection for, for what I do. So I'm now, I run the, the Houston office here uh, 
and have a great time doing it. Cool. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. So, um, so, so just so our listeners aren't in the dark, can y'all like quickly uh, explain like two, three sentences what the Iron Yard is? Yeah, very, very much so. <laughs> we will take you from uh, zero to hero when it comes to uh, a a a development career. Uh, we're a twelve week code school and full inti- full full time intensive, and uh, you know we we teach you how to become a web developer. What uh, languages do y'all typically cover? So right now we're running JavaScript, Ruby on Rails, and iOS. Good times. Yeah, so that, that's in Houston. Uh, yep. In other locations, you know, we do have classes that uh, get into Java and Clojure or Java and Scala. So for those of you who know, like, the functional side of things, uh, we've got UI design classes, uh, Python uh, backend engineering, and also Python and data science. Hmm. So in other locations, we've also got, like, .NET. Uh, so for Windows environments and stuff like that, too. Yeah. Cool. You're talking to two engineers that all we know is C. Yeah, well, that's cool. Yeah, C yeah. assembly. Um, yeah, we I, don't do that. <laughs> I just had my first uh, exploration into Python last week. And uh, uh, spin. And, and spin, right? Been doing uh, spin with the propeller. Python's cool. Yeah. I, I dig Python. It's super easy. Uh, I, I, I didn't have to do basically any learning, and I was able to read the code. It's pretty straightforward. Yeah, and I think that's I, what I, what got me into Ruby in general is just that that readability mm-hmm. and and Ruby and Python are both kind of in and of the same when it it's it's just a readable code. Take out the articles of a sentence and you pretty much have what you what you need to make it work. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Lack of pointers and no <laughs> memory management. That's that's great. I yeah. love it. It's <laughs> it's great up here. You guys should join us. It's exact opposite of C. C is what register do I need to hit to make this bit flip? <laughs> yes, that's uh, that's the good stuff. Ah, so uh, besides the iron yard, um, what do y'all do for hobbies and that kind of stuff? I guess we'll start with that. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I mean, hobby-wise, uh, in my like, I guess my most recent stuff I've been doing is kind of around conferences. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I started a conference series here in Houston with a, a group of friends, and uh, we just had our second event, uh, annual event, in May twenty sixteen. Um, and then I also started a, a conference uh, up in Utah. So I'm trying to do something that kind of gets uh, my passion is around like snowboarding in the mountains. My wife and I try to, you know, we have a, a family that live up in Colorado. And we try to go at least a couple times a year. Um, and so when every time I go up there, though, I come back like super inspired and just ready to say like what's next for me. And I wanted to kind of like share that inspiration with other people. So I'm trying to launch another conference up there. Awesome. What do the conferences cover? Um, it's primarily uh, tech-related. So the uh, Space City one right now is just Space City JS, right? so it's just a JavaScript conference. Okay. Um, we're hopeful to kind of maybe branch out a little bit from just JavaScript to maybe do something else that's maybe like a, a general programming or functional programming or something like that. Like you have a different audience in different geographic areas, so that sure. depends on whether or not we can make that work. Otherwise, we'll just do a meetup. <laughs> right? yeah. Um, yeah. The alternative is uh, for Destination Code, which is something where it does talk about entrepreneurship and indie development and, you know, like maybe some hardware, right? we got um, a guy who's trying to research uh, kind of automating uh, his home brewing system. Uh, we're, so we're trying to do something like on the floor there. Uh, just like the, the interactive session is like, let's build the home brewing kit with like this Arduino attached. <laughs> so we're trying to figure some of that stuff out right now. Well, Actually, cool. um, Steven's working on something like that. Yep. Uh, in fact, I think we w- we will be talking about that later in the podcast. Yep. Nice. 
Well, that's awesome. Um, how about you, Brian? Yeah. Uh, so I uh, spend most of my uh, free time. Um, you know, I enjoy I enjoy sports, and I'll play some golf whenever I can. Uh, 98% of my free time is uh, kind of with my two daughters. I've got a four-year-old and a one-year-old, so uh, I'm pr- pretty busy. Pretty busy <laughs> when not when not at work. And uh, but like they're they're amazing, amazing girls, and uh, it's it's so much fun, you know, being around them and and uh, watch them grow up. It's awesome. But that that definitely takes my time. And they're yeah. adorable. <laughs> by the way. They're the cutest little things. Oh, cool. Is that is that why you had to make an IoT barbecue? That is uh, pretty much uh, like you like you jest, but really and truly, uh, one of the reasons that I did that was was uh, I was kind of getting a little bit of flack from my wife about like coming in and out so much to go outside and tend to the barbecue pit. So the idea was like, well, let me just see what I can do about that. So um. <laughs> Not going to compromise on barbecue. I mean, like, barbecue's not going away. Like, yeah, welcome to marriage. Yeah. No, we're not compromising on barbecue. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, um, I guess we'll talk about that project then. Sure. Your, uh, IoT barbecue. You tweeted about it. Yeah. So what's it, what is its IP address? Uh, so it's barbecue at barbecue.dorton.co. And, <laughs> and uh, it... it so I, I can't take full. I mean, I can't take any credit for this. This was this was my first ever hardware project. So awesome. uh, the whole idea of that for me was like I want to just get out of my comfort zone. Like a, I wanted to to, to build this, and I wanted this just to have it. Uh, but b, like I could have very easily gone and bought. You know, they're they're on the market. Uh, but like I wanted to learn it, and so like step one, I wanted to learn how to solder. Right. Like I, I've never soldered anything before. So like, let's figure this out. Uh, step two, I want to know, like, what does what is a PCB board? What 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 are these things like? What what can I do with it? Um, what goes where? Why do these things go here? What, what is a resistor? <laughs> <laughs> and um, and yeah, I mean, like the fact that all of these all the plans, all the code, it's all open source. It's all on GitHub. You know, the fact that I can just go on there and download it and follow the steps. I mean, that's pretty freaking awesome. Uh, so this one, the one that I, the project that I was, I made was a heater meter. Uh, a guy named Brian Mayland out of Florida. That's, this is his, his baby, uh, Cap, Captain Brian on, on GitHub. I, I got to know that well because I was there a lot. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and, um. You know, he, he did a great job of laying out, like, for beginners like me, like, here are the steps that you need to do. Here's what you need to buy. Um, you know, here's here's the schematics that you need to send to go, like, had I known that, uh, you know, like, this would have been perfect for my macrofab. Like, hey, I can just send this to you guys, and, like, you guys can make this if I even knew what this was the thing. And that's the only advertisement for this episode. <laughs> <laughs> but the, the, uh, the brand new division, the macro meat division, <laughs> where, we, where we make barbecue equipment. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> macro Sign smoke ink. <laughs> macro, there, there we go. Yeah, pivot, guys, so, pivot, pivot. <laughs> so so okay um i i, I met brian a uh, a few months ago actually um and and he he discussed the uh, the barbecue with me and 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 mentioned that this was kind of your first exploration into yeah. the world of physical things 
uh, electronics. What, what, I'm, I'm, what, zeros and ones are physical on the hard drive. Oh, come on, man. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Though compiling a hardware device takes like two, three weeks. That's the only difference. I guess, well, it depends on how fast you are at laying it out, right? No, no, after you lay it out, it takes two, three weeks. To get your oh, oh, yeah, to actually physically come into existence? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. So um, I'm, what I'm curious about is since you went from what I'm guessing is, is not much or no uh, idea of what hardware is to right. actually having something that works, what did, what did you learn along the way? What, what was, like, what was yep. some like, interesting points? So uh, first one, like plain and simple, like buy two of everything. Because <laughs> 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 you'll mess it up. Buy two of everything. Smoke yeah. something. Um, but, uh, you know, I just thought it was... So I was I was already familiar with you know Arduino's. I was already familiar with with Raspberry Pis mm-hmm. in in terms of like what are these? Like I I, I can okay I can kind of see the, the possibilities of things, but I've never you know put things together to 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 a working product. Yeah, and um, like physically going through and putting pieces together. Um, all of a sudden, things started coming clear. I get it. Okay, so this this are this chip is here to receive this analog data, and this chip is here to process this data. Yeah, and like seeing that and actually putting it together, like everything started clicking. Mm. Well, not everything, but like a lot of things started clicking, and um, it, it was awesome. It was I I couldn't recommend more for people just to get out of their comfort zone and and give it a shot you know it's it yeah it's fun it's fun when you start to realize that hardware is not as scary as it looks yeah just because there's all these parts and they look they're a bunch of different colors and a bunch of different things what do they do they got all these pins yeah, and then and then you start getting into it and it's just like wow this is a lot easier than i thought it was gonna yep. be yeah well, especially there's, with there's easy and it, I, I think it was sort of more of at least in my own explorations is sort of just like well i think everybody else is just sort of like as confused as i am Right. If it breaks, it breaks. <laughs> it's just yeah, sort of like, yeah. That's just sort of like the approach. There's a lot of just let, let's not depend on getting it perfect the first time. Let's just iterate a bunch of times. Yeah. You know, well, I'll give you I'll give you a perfect example. Like I have no qualms whatsoever. Um, so we have a, a, a TV at the office that is that's burnt out. looks like it's like a power source. Like five years ago, me would have been like, well, we got to buy a new TV. <laughs> now me, I don't have any problems at all unscrewing the back of that TV finding that power uh, board and like either trying to repair it myself or just replacing it. Right. Yeah. I mean, awesome. typically they have the part somewhere on, right. on eBay, right? Right. Oh, yeah. 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 Absolutely. Well, I mean, there's a thousand different sources you can, you can get them from. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and when it comes to stuff like that, a lot of times, you know, you know, TV, it just stops working. You open up, Look for the thing that is burnt yep. and black. Replace that thing. Yeah, yeah. But like, I, I wouldn't have had either the confidence or like even the know with all to to even look into doing that. And um, without gaining that little bit ex- of experience that I have, like again, I'm in no way an expert or anything. Like I'm as novice as they come, but with it comes like confidence, right? Yeah, I think that's part of the game. Well, you've looked inside the rabbit hole, and I'm I'm sure it's a lot deeper than you might have thought. <laughs> oh man, like the the, the 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 ideas that come along with this are just like it. 
just keeps going. It just keeps going. <laughs> awesome. so, speaking of, speaking of ideas and stuff like that. Yeah. So what 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 would you want to add to your your barbecue pit now? Yeah. So like there there are things that it does a great job. Like it it's awesome. How good th- is the brisket? It's fantastic. <laughs> it is amazing. It is fantastic. So, it really so is. Like I I literally have had uh, most barbecue <laughs> joints inside six ten right and yeah. Killens. Yeah. Brian's is up there. It yeah. is competitively delicious. And does, the, does the brisket itself tweet out, be like, man, I'm super amazing? So, <laughs> so typically, Brian, I mean, he has shown me the interface. And sure. I can't remember if you were actually, like, had the smoker going at one point. But, like, sure. he did show me the interface. And it was, you know, sure. showing me all these graphs and everything else. Yeah. And I was like, I don't know what this is doing, but um, this is incredible. This is cool. A bunch of meat statistics. Yeah, that's exactly what it does. It'll, it'll, it'll output you... Uh, exactly what's going on. It'll give you some ambient temperatures. It'll give you temperatures of the pet, of your of the food that you're cooking. And barbecue is simple. Like keep it at a constant steady temperature until the food is at the temperature that's ideal for that food. Right. Yep. And then pull it off. Like you do that, you've got delicious barbecue. Um, this thing automates all that. That's super cool. Brisket. Yes. So if people yeah. don't know Texan Texas barbecue is all about the brisket. That's right. So. Oh yeah, yeah. No, That's right. we we don't like sauce. No sauce. Right. No. If sauce it needs is, sauce, if it it's not good sauce, barbecue. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And that's those are fighting words, and yeah. I understand that. Shots fired. Someone from Kentucky is going to come down and fight us. <laughs> okay, okay so, so that, that brings up another question: Chili, does it have meat? I mean, does it not meat? Does it have beans no. or no beans? No, no beans. beans. No, no beans. No beans. beans. No perfect. Beans. Perfect. There's Texas something. Something about Longhorns and Aggies can agree upon. That is right. No beans Don't in you your put chili. Beans what? I guess chili. we need to ex- explain that. Um, so, so Matt graduated from University of Texas. Yeah. And uh, Brian graduated from A and M. Yep. I graduated from UT. And I'm A and M. And it's actually really funny is we sat on opposite sides of the room. Yeah. Just naturally. <laughs> Just naturally. naturally. There's <laughs> a natural had no division idea. We in sat the room. Down, and then Brian's like, "I'm from A and M." I'm like. Uh. <laughs> well, we felt the aura over there, and we wanted to be as far away from it All as possible. All this like burnt orange, yeah. you know, yeah, the tea sippers over my, there. My burnt orange pants, <laughs> <laughs> love it. Uh, uh, why? Why is your color burnt? What? What is the purpose of having a burnt color? As are you your not in color? Texas? Huh? <laughs> yeah, it, it's like just go outside and you be burnt. <laughs> uh, I mean, isn't maroon just burnt red? <laughs> oh, <no>. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. I, I said that would be brown. <laughs> Moving on. You're sitting on a burnt orange couch. That is true. Yeah, we are. That pretty, is true. Pretty gross. But it, but, it, but it's made of the leather well of Bevo. Yeah, I'm surprised y'all didn't in, const, you know just didn't combust into fireballs. <laughs> <laughs> oh, here's some uh, tea, by the way. Oh. Uh, <laughs> I think I think the thing that I would say like all of ten engineers that are watching uh, listening to this will actually get these jokes. I know, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, I think the thing that I would add right now would be uh, a solar solar source of energy because it's kind of ridiculous that I have to plug it in, right? Yeah, uh, like the. Ugh. Ugh, that's ridiculous. And then the second... Oh, needs electricity. <laughs> so Dang it. Uh, and then the second one, like, I love the idea that, like, it should probably tweet things. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, so I mean, it doesn't like, tweet yet. It doesn't tweet. It, oh, man. It'll email and text me uh, when things <laughs> need to to need to change. But that it needs to tweet as well. I mean, like... It, it does need to tweet. It's kind of yeah. unfair that I'm the only person that it's communicating with. 
like, for, for everybody else. <laughs> other people need to see your delicious Other people are milk. really, really interested. In it also needs a camera so they can just take a picture of what's going on. I was just about outside. to say that, but a high temp camera that's inside the barbecue oh, exactly. that takes like really, really high quality up close pictures. Like time lapse. What? Oh, and you can get and get like a FLIR image too so you can uh, have a, a temperature profile where then, is where are the hot the, spots yeah the problem is if you do this and it tweets you're gonna have people showing up at your house when it's yeah. done mm-hmm. <laughs> if you could have yeah, a remove, beef gradient uh, of look. the temperature throughout the meat oh, man. that would oh. be if you could plot your meat temperature yeah remove, from remove outside geotagging from your tweets oh yeah yeah, sure. yeah that's right for sure well that's if the smoker moved no, he. Well, here's the thing. He'd be sitting in his house, and he starts to see the tweet hook up to a car and drive off away. <laughs> so, uh, actually, yeah. onto the RFO because uh, these these kind of questions lead into our first qu- uh, our first RFO question here. And so, the RFO is the rapid fire opinion uh, section, which basically we have a couple like news or. Random thoughts. Random ideas, questions, things yeah, of that and, sort. and we'll say something, and we just really want your opinion. So we'll explain what it is, uh, give a little bit of background, and you all just say something off the cuff and blah, 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 blah. So uh, the first question in RFO is, uh, is actually kind of more of a statement. It's uh, feature creep. Uh, so have you guys ever suffered from the, the beast that is feature creep? In other words, a project where you have an idea for it, and just like the barbecue, you keep adding so much crap to it that it either becomes so daunting uh, that it takes forever, or you just shelf the project because you <laughs> yeah, kept adding yeah. so much crap to it. Yeah. And most of those, most of those uh, start with conversations that are like, it's kind of ridiculous that this doesn't yeah. do... X, Y, Z. Yeah, right, right, right. So Matt, Matt's probably got some really relevant experience yeah, there. Yeah. He just got really quiet and he's like, oh, no. <laughs> I mean, literally, it, it like, hits home. It's like right to the heart. <laughs> Matt shipped a lot of code. <laughs> yeah. yeah um, in like, I think my, my general response to somebody asked me, like, can we add this feature in? You know, I'll talk about, like, okay, there's speed of development, yeah. um, there's, there's features, and then there's cost, right? Just pick two. Hey, yeah. Yep. That's like the, uh, the engineering, uh, what is it? Uh, cheap, cheap, fast, fast, fast or good. good. Yeah, pick two. Pick, pick two, right? Yeah, right. Yeah. A very similar mantra, um, and that, that's sort of like in my own experience. It's just sort of you've got to kind of choose that, and especially in side projects. You know, I, I even got to like speak at a conference in uh, Richmond, Virginia, mm. uh, all about side projects. And here's like things I've been building and how I made that work, right? And if you if you set off without like a real idea in mind, um, that's fun. Uh, you know, it's, there's like this, this old comic. I can't remember what it is. Um, uh, we, we can give you a link afterwards. But like, it basically references like here's a developer talking to somebody, and uh, he's building a house. But then there's a bunch of like in the wasteland behind. There's like 300 houses that are half built. Um, <laughs> eventually, <laughs> and in the same XKCD. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's. Um, oh, I've seen this one. <laughs> I can't remember what the name of the the comic is, but. Um, we'll find you a link. It, the the similar idea is just sort of like you, you can't just go and 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 decide that you want to just start like hacking on something unless you are okay with knowing that that's how it's going to work. Like I might not finish this. Sure. And the other side is similar in same like entrepreneur uh, kind of uh, stuff that you try. You know, if you if you end up trying to build a service or a product or you know a, a device, 
Um, you better know what it's going to do. If you keep adding stuff to it, you'll never, you'll never finish. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. And all the, I, I think um, everything that I've worked on to date have been, you know, kind of personal projects or just like side projects that I've built to either automate things that, you know, that need automating. <laughs> um, and so anytime I'm, I'm in the, the, the danger of scope or, 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 or feature creep, it's because of myself. Like it's because I'm like, Ugh, <laughs> I really wish it could do this now. And so then I'm like, okay, well I'm all in. Let's, let's do this. Uh, I think, I think building software for <laughs> like for another person is a whole different ball game. Oh, yeah. But uh, like, I always find that the projects that I build are never complete. <laughs> like I'm never going to, I'm always going to want, Okay, like I need it to do one more thing. Yeah, I think the entrepreneur in me always kind of says like, you know, if you build for yourself first, you kind of maybe empathize with the user a little bit more, and you kind of know when you can stop. Yeah. Uh, so I have built a lot of different tools and a lot of software and stuff like that. And sure. Then, um, you know, when when somebody is uh, going to kind of introduce this new idea, like, what if we take this design and do this? Like, you know, you've just backtracked us. 50% of the steps that we could add in this extra feature or something mm-hmm. like that. And like, you've got to, you've got to be very thorough <laughs> when you yeah. plan stuff. Otherwise um, it, it can be, uh, I call it like dog fooding your own code or your own project or something like that. Like if you design it for yourself or you're the user of this thing, um, you focus on like the real world effects or like aspect of it afterwards. Well, like in, in software, pretty easy to go back and like oh man now i want this thing to email me like i can go add that in like Mm. in y'all's experience like physical boards are physical (laughs) boards like what do you do when like if i come back and i'm like you know what i know i said that i wanted five inputs on my barbecue controller pcb board but now i want 10 so i actually i I, i've got two projects one's a personal project and one was for um old company i used to work for so the uh i'll talk about the company one i was making a um uh a dc motor controller that was all analog and this is actually i was working with chris who's the uh our co-founder over at macrofab we were working uh it was a, a company called dynamic perception and we built motor controllers and camera equipment all that's crazy stuff and anyways we wanted a anal all analog motor controller and so i built him one rev one it worked and then he was like, I need this feature. And I'm like, we don't have hardware for that because there's no <laughs> microcontroller to program. <laughs> it's all analog. And so I'm like, so I added that in, respun the board two weeks later, got it in. You know, it would be really cool if it had this feature. <laughs> respun the board two weeks later, eight times eight. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah. And we finally got it to where we wanted. And we actually went back a rev because that feature we added didn't work quite right in analog and couldn't get tweaked in right. Um, but yeah, it was, uh, the first rev worked with the initial design specs and then the design spec changed eight times. (laughs) (laughs) Well, well, kind of what you were talking about earlier, what do you do with hardware? You have two roots with hardware. You do Parker the way he was doing it and you respin the entire board and go two weeks or you dead bug everything and have a whole bunch of nasty I, wires. I couldn't do that crap. on this. Yeah. I, I had to add in like all new chips to handle this this stuff. Yeah, yeah. So so basically, <laughs> you hack it in and it looks like a really nasty engineering prototype <laughs> with all kinds of uh, stuff hanging off the board. Yeah. I, I'll put some pictures uh, up on the blog 
about uh, that controller because yeah. I'm actually pretty proud of how it progressed through all its iterations. Uh, I think Matt was about to say something. Oh, I was just going to ask, like, you know, ultimately, how did you come to the decision to, to, you know, kind of step back or something like that? I'm sure there's a lot of context in there. Oh, uh, um, uh, from the last rev to go back, it was the, the, the feature we added just didn't, um, I think it was, I can't remember the exact feature, but it just didn't function 100% correct. And so a user might be confused by that weird, quirky behavior that it had. So it was useful, but it might confuse the user if if they didn't fully understand how that function worked. Yeah, totally. Yeah. So uh, I I got actually a really great example of feature creep. Um, so the, uh, gosh, when I first started on at Macrofab, I actually presented a, a kind of an idea and a project to, to Parker because both of us are homebrewers. Uh, and oh, I wanted to build, <laughs> I wanted to build a a controller like a like a brewing controller, but a really fairly simple one at the beginning. Um, and and uh, so I do a style of brewing um, in uh, there's a, there's a portion where you steep grains and you basically turn it into a tea. Go on, uh, yeah, <laughs> right, we're yeah. listening. So so um, uh, I I do a style of brewing that's called uh, fly sparging, where you're recirculating water inside of a pot. The rate at which you recirculate uh, this water has an impact on the end result, how much mm. sugar you pull off of the grains. So I bought a flow sensor uh, so I can monitor how fast the water is flowing. Sure. Well, I also kind of wanted to monitor the temperature. So mm. I was like, okay, well, I'll add temperature monitoring to this. But you don't want to go so much that your pH gets off. So I wanted to add a pH monitor to it. <laughs> But I also wanted it to be intelligent and have a valve that automatically opens and makes sure that the, the water goes that route. And I was like, well, but the pot should be controlled electrically so that it can warm up electrically. Yep. And if I'm already doing that, then the next pot in the line, it should also be controlled electrically. I was like, well, I should also build a GUI that has a touchscreen yes. yes. so I can control this automatically. And it should have all these. And then I realized I was like, I'm never going to make this project. <laughs> <laughs> so actually, Parker and I had a discussion earlier this week. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to back it all off and I'm going to make the flow sensor. Yeah. I, yeah. And that's it. It's yeah. just going to be a flow sensor. We wrote up One on thing. the board all the features that it will have, and then stopped. It has, like, three of those things. Yeah, that's yeah, it. yeah. Because <laughs> right. I, I, I ended up, and, and I even went so far as, like, I wanted it to be inside of an industrial box, and I wanted it to have, like, all kinds of, like, just crazy controls, and I, and, and I started adding the features and then even further adding up how much that cost to add those features, I was like, oh, God, this is a huge project. <laughs> it's, like, it's like when... Um, Especially for a personal project. Yeah. yeah, and that was like eight months ago that I dreamed it up, and I still haven't done it. I have a flow sensor sitting in my laundry room because I haven't done anything <laughs> with it. Oh, I, just, I just had a funny thought. You ever been kind of like uh, uh, using, I don't know, Slack or instant message or a text message or something like that, iMessage, and it kind of tells you when someone's typing, and you've, yeah. you've written out this long message, and you're like, nah, never mind. It's similar. Yeah, 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 yeah. Absolutely. Or I do the same thing when like you're like arguing with someone on the internet, and you have this like huge paragraph, and you're like, oh, "What's the fucking point?" <laughs> <laughs> Control A, delete. <laughs> that happens to me on almost a daily basis. Yeah, yeah. No, no, no problem. This no isn't going to go anywhere. Yeah, awesome. <laughs> so I, I had like the opposite um, kind of experience. Not feature creep, but sort of like I had to figure out what the features were. 
Um, oh. So Brian and I actually made this kind of uh, cloud, this Internet of Things cloud that that sits in the Houston office for the Iron Yard, mm-hmm. um, and it it hangs in the entryway, right? And like we, I, or so it's I, actually a physical cloud. It's a physical cloud. Okay. Yeah, it, <laughs> yep. it's, it's like fluffy awesome. and it lights up and everything. Um, and like uh, I, I saw something that kind of inspired me to do this, and it was literally someone else who made something. I, it was some web firm in like Australia. I can't remember where. It was. Um, but I was looking at it, and they kind of released this video, and it, it shows like here's here's a cloud. This is, thing is amazing. It it like uh, responds to tweets, and then like flushes and things. And I was like, oh, that's really cool. And I found this video of them like they posted, but not really shared. Was like how we made it. And you ever seen those like drawing tutorials where it's like how to draw a horse? Right, draw the body, draw the legs, and draw the rest of the bleeping horse. Right, I'll bleep myself. <laughs> yeah. um, here's a circle, and here's the rest of the owl. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. So like, it was a bit like that. Although I was like, uh, the the recap video had these little millisecond frames where they did kind of show some tools sitting around. Right, so they had seesaw, C clamps, um, uh, 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 like some special kind of adhesive glue that's a spray-on glue, uh, a vinyl table cover. Uh, they literally like tore up a pillow and took the like the pillow fill mm-hmm. out of it, the polyester fibers. Um, and they That's had, right. we did have to get the parts list by pausing the video. Yes. On this. <laughs> that was that. the most interesting part. Right? Cause I, I couldn't find anybody else like yeah. doing something like this. It, yeah. it looked everywhere high and low. Um, and then, and then what was the, um, the glue that was pointless, the, the acrylic, glue. acrylic glue. Okay. So like we, we saw acrylic rods and I was like, okay, where do I buy acrylic rods? You definitely can't get them from Amazon. So I had to go and find this special distributor that can give me acrylic rods, which is like, you know, these plastic hollow tubing. Yeah. Um, and then we had to kind of figure out how to frame this thing. So I had to come up with, like, how much how much length acrylic rods to get, which wasn't that much hard. It could be easy math. But, like, I, I ended up kind of – I couldn't see the structure they put into this internal framing for it. So I basically came up with the structure myself, uh, two kind of uh, intertwined rectangles or prisms. So we ended up doing that. Uh, we, we cut – the um, the the rods as much as we could, right? Like the acrylic is extremely brittle, and nobody tells you this. They had like some handsaw, and like it just crumbled when we were <laughs> were doing this. So it was it was awful because it just started like splintering. <laughs> I was like, ah, God, I need uh, I need gloves and all this other stuff too. They didn't even <laughs> talk about. And then uh, as we like we saw acrylic glue, and so it's like, oh, they must be using the acrylic glue. We found the heaviest kind. Uh, we let it sit for like six or eight hours. It didn't solidify. Apparently, it takes like 24 or 48 hours, and you're supposed to apply multiple layers. So like we had the C-clamps in there. I was like, ah, screw it. I don't have – I'm like, not interested in sitting here waiting around for it. And I like, maybe bad on my part. But um, so Brian and I were just like, we bought a heat gun. Let's just melt it together. <laughs> so, <laughs> an, hour, an hour later, Brian's laying down on the couch. Uh, fumes. <laughs> it and, was a. And I, can, I, I, I don't. I don't feel great right now. He's <laughs> <laughs> like, it's. I, I got to take a break. Um, so I, I kept going on it, and I just ended up, uh, you know, kind of like figuring out how to kind of get the rest of the frame together and stuff like that. Um, they didn't really tell us about the lights. That was one of the interesting part. They kind of like mentioned that maybe there's some hue lights involved or something like that. Like, uh, when you buy. Hue lights. Uh, they didn't used to ship as like just the, or they only ship as the bulb. I don't know if they ship now with like the the socket as well. Mm-hmm. We had to go and like figure out what the socket was that they were kind of putting up and around this frame. Uh, instead, I found the LED strip lights. And I was like, oh, this is great, but it's kind of expensive. It was like two hundred bucks. Yeah. Uh, so I found the strip lights, um, and of course, uh, there was a whole like software side to this too. Um, 
so we, we got the cloud together, like just glued all the polyester pillow fill to like a vinyl table cover and wrapped it around the thing and hung it from the ceiling. And it, it looks pretty legit. It actually looks really cool. Uh, but the, the end result was like we had to get the software going and Hue Lights has a separate puck. Like it's a totally separate little thing that's internet connected. So you, uh, if you want to live stream tweets, there's, there's good luck. You can't do that unless you have another running server uh, on the same LAN that hmm. can like do network pushes to it. So we didn't really want to do that at the time. So uh, there, there is a cloud API, but uh, Philips and the Hue Lights team was not responding to my, my million email requests to get access to this like remote API. Uh, so I can like run a server on Heroku and just like push updates to it. So I had to just use if this and that, which like aggregates a bunch of messages every like 10 or 15 minutes and then does a bunch of color changes all at once. So it is like a big strip light that does color changes and stuff like that. You just can't like live stream it. So I'm working on a second version, but it just, you know, I'm going to do some stuff with like a Raspberry Pi or Arduino or something like that in the middle. Cool. It just kind of does that. So. Can we get pictures of that thing? Oh, totally. I got, awesome. I got tweets. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, sweet. Cool. Put that in blog post. Yeah. That sounds awesome. Same thing with the barbecue. I want uh, pictures. Done. I want, I want pictures. I want the barbecue picture, and I want a picture of brisket. And done. a taste test as well. Done. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah exactly. I actually, I, I, was, I was proud enough. Like, I, I knew that I was kind of, as the, the process go went while I was building it, like, I went ahead and pictures and documented, like, what I was doing. Because I knew I was either going to be, like, super proud of it. Or I was going to be so pissed that I was going to be able to like look back and like look at all this stuff that I effed up. Look yeah. at all this. Awesome. <laughs> well, so okay. Uh, I think it's worth saying you are more than welcome to come uh, have a tour of MacFab at any time you want. You just have to bring brisket. You know what? That is that couldn't that, be more. That's, fair. that's the toll troll to fair. get in brisket the... for eighteen people. <laughs> <laughs> you can ask Matt. Like, give me an excuse to he cook brisket. He will do it. That's all I need. I will yeah. show up with the meat. It's Tuesday. Literally, okay. brisket at, <laughs> at our <laughs> office. We have a halfway barbecue celebration for our classes. Uh, Brian yeah. does brisket. So, oh, that's awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Okay, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> We've talked a lot about feature creep. Yeah. Yeah. We're feature creep, feature creep is crazy. Um, uh, so the next thing on the list is the uh, um, Hackaday is apparently advising the United Nations. Um, so we know to explain this, uh, Stephen. Yeah. So uh, okay. So I guess uh, what it's called the Convention on Rights of Persons with Disability is being held this week uh, at the and United Nations. Uh, yeah, in New York. Uh, so so uh, I guess it's just a giant convention discussing uh, disabilities. Um, and what's actually happening is there is a discussion going on now about technology and how that can aid people with disabilities. And what's cool is the United Nations is actually referencing Hackaday. Uh, so Hackaday is getting to the point now where they're respected enough where their opinion counts. And, and they that's actually have awesome. someone giving a um I can't remember the person who heads up Hackaday. Yeah. Um one of the one of those guys is actually has a, a seminar at this event. Yeah. So that's kind of impressive, I guess. It's really cool and, and what's what's yeah. I think is super awesome about all this is the hacker maker community uh, it, it involves a bunch of guys who do have degrees, but it also involves a bunch of people who are just guys who mess around in their yeah. in their kitchen or their basement or whatever. And uh, what's what's cool about it is you don't necessarily have to work at a research facility nowadays to have a good idea and get it out there to a bunch of people. Uh, and it and it gives a lot of power to people who have 
these wonderful ideas, and Hackaday is kind of the outlet through which uh, they're they're making that happen, which I think is awesome. Super thumbs up on that. Yep. I've, I've heard of some, like, really neat things coming out. You know, like, you guys are familiar with Maker Faire, right? Mm-hmm. And, like, oh, yeah. yeah. People... I have seen some technologies uh, come out where people were trying to do things for people with you know, disabilities. Yeah. At Maker Faire, are they also consulting with Maker Faire on these types of items? You know, I, I, it probably ends up being one giant conglomerate. I, you know, I bet you the UN is like, who do we talk to? So they just go <laughs> and like, Hackaday looks good. <laughs> yeah. uh, no, I mean, so I, why, why I wouldn't, wouldn't they, be surprised if they did. Why wouldn't they pick Reddit then? Because Reddit's got a huge community. Yeah, Reddit. Reddit. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, Reddit is, uh, let me see here. I wrote down. I, I've, I've got. I've got. <laughs> I got a quote that I came up with earlier, and I got. I got. Oh yeah, uh, Reddit is the toilet where information goes on the internet. <laughs> I forgot about that. Yeah. <laughs> um, I just hope they don't ask the people in the Hackaday comments for advice. That would be terrible. <laughs> that would be a destructive. <laughs> that would be oh so bad. As, as long as we can downvote their questions. Oh boy. Yeah. yeah. Never pull the internet for anything. Uh, Boat McBodie face is a good. <laughs> <laughs> you guys a aware of that? No. Oh yeah. Boat yeah. McBodie face. Okay. That's great. You, you, you can describe it though for people who aren't. Well, a part well, we, of we uni- talked about it on the previous podcast. Okay. Okay. Basically, it was a it was a what a new navy ship. Uh, a new research vessel. Oh, research the name was yes. making. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. The name I did Boat hear about Face. You know, his name, or, or or the the infamous Mountain Dew naming challenge or yes. whatnot. That that yeah. one was pretty bad. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, don't we, trust the internet. We have a um, an online platform at the internet where we have students that are, like, have accounts through now. Yeah. Um, and I made a, a demo account when I showed new instructors and stuff. And the uh, the person's name is Testy McTestface. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Oh, that was good. <laughs> So hey, it's it's cool that Hackaday is is you know getting that kind of uh, recognition. Yeah, I think yeah. so too. I think yeah. it, it it it's it shows an air of legitimacy. Like I think that's I, yeah, we're not just toy makers. We yeah. don't just play yeah. around. I, I would say Hackaday is probably one of the forefronts in terms of these are who makers are and what they do. Yeah, Maker Fair is another example of that. Um, but ma- I I would say Maker Fair doesn't have a huge. They have Make dot com. Mm. But I don't think they have such a huge online presence as make, uh, Hackaday does. Because Hackaday has got that cool uh, project section, uh, section, and yeah. all that stuff now. Well, and they just they just completely scan the internet for for yeah. awesome stuff. So, I mean, it's, they're it's they're, so they're a technology aggregator. Too. So yeah. yeah, yeah, no, it's it's really cool. Um, just the fact that like you you're a developer, for example, and you go to uh, like long, long, long blog posts. Those are always the most timeless pieces that kind of help you out, right? Mm-hmm. My my first thing I, I remember referencing from Hackaday was uh, installing the OpenWT or OpenDDT uh, firmware for like the old Linksys routers. Yeah, right to kind of like help uh, make my router not die all the time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Cool. Yeah. So, uh, Brian. Yep. You haven't said an opinion about this yet. No, I, I mean, I think it's great. Like, I really do. Like, I feel as though um, giving, you know, showing an air of legitimacy, like, it makes me feel good as a, because uh, I'm not, I'm in no way a professional, right? I am in that, like, very much hacker maker community. Uh, but, you know, like, I'm not, I'm no longer, like, it, it feels good because I'm no longer just, like, some dude who likes, to geek out on 
trying to putting things together, right? Like there's a, you know, people are actually paying attention at this point. And I think that's pretty neat. So yeah. cool. it gives an air to, of like legitimacy, uh, you know, like longstanding, let's say civil engineers, uh, electrical engineers, mechanical engineers, there, there's always, you know, like these governing bodies that kind of like, uh, here's your certification program and then like longstanding terms. And then you know, software comes along and there's people who just like, oh, I'm going to make a language or I'm going to make a library. And that's sort of like, not as timeless to some people, but then there's sort of like this rapid development process that comes that like the iterations that produce. Nowadays, like in the software world, you've got all sorts of languages that are just really, really powerful and do so much for you. Mm -hmm. So I, I think that's kind of like the same thing is people have like massively iterated on these ideas from like Hackaday where, you know, they've taken this to Maker Faire and then suddenly there's, you know, a, a project or product on like Product Hunt or something and all of a sudden this person's running a multi-million dollar business from this idea they had three years ago. Yeah. Well, I, it's funny, I was actually having um, uh, breakfast earlier this morning with a, with a good friend of mine. Oh, like everyone uh, eats breakfast in the morning? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Parker. <laughs> but, but I was having breakfast with him, and I we were discussing uh, some, some sorry, interesting sorry. stuff. And, and one of the things we were talking about was even 15, 20 years ago, the way you got information was you, you went to the library, yeah. and you had to just research stuff, or you had to create it yourself. Um, but there, there was like an, an air of mysticism when you went over to your neighbor's house and you saw this weird thing that he was working on and it was like this cool project. And, and the only place you could get information about that is his location, is his home or wherever. Yeah. You know, there, yeah. there was like this weird like magic behind all of that. Nowadays, Hackaday is kind of like that. You know, Hackaday yeah. is that place where the magic exists. Yeah. Well, I think it's just the internet in general. Um, like a couple of years back, I went and did a uh, head swap on my Jeep. I yeah. just looked up a YouTube video. Yeah. And and I bought all the parts on Amazon. They showed up two days later. Yeah. And that weekend, I did a head swap. Right, yeah. right, yeah. right. And I've never, I, I never did that much. I mean, I've, yeah. I've, I've, you know, changed my brakes, oil changes, all that stuff. But I never did something like tear my engine apart. And I still drive that car. <laughs> yeah, and you weren't afraid of doing that. No, right, I'm like, right, right. it showed you everything you can do, and it's like, okay, if you had this year, you have to do this X thing because it's slightly different. Yeah. All this crazy stuff. But something we have to remember, though, uh, and I think this is important, that information exists only because somebody made the decision to make that yeah. information. Yeah, yeah, that's the big So we have to be the people who also make that information for somebody else who yeah. wants it. Yep, yeah, for our field. Right. Yep. Right, yeah, yeah, I don't have a barbecue controller right now unless old boy in, in Florida made the effort to publish these step-by-step -step directions. Yeah, and it, it's, so it's something where, like, you have this super... To me, it's like this moment of silence and respect for that person because it's like, here they did this research and toyed with this thing for a month, three months, a year, and then took the time to write this extremely extensive thing blog post or otherwise yep. that included maybe even source code or something like that. Yep. And, like, <laughs> and you're sitting there, thank you, Viper2988. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. XKCD. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, like, when I get people, like, email me, like, you know, um, like, can, uh, thank you for posting this video. And I'm like, I posted that video, like, 10 years ago. I've completely forgotten about that project. Yeah. And it just feels, it, like, it, like, makes your heart grow three sizes larger. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah totally. Or, or like you find you find something on your computer that's acting up, and you search for that one file online, and there's like 
you know, a post of a guy who's like, if you need to fix blah, 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 do X, Y, Z. You're like, oh, God, thank you. Thank you so much. <laughs> the, worst yeah. is, is, uh, the worst is when you search for stuff and you get dead form links. Where there's a guy who's just like, please help me. No, it's like, and no responses. And then and the thread is marked solved. Yeah. Right? yeah. You go through the whole thing and there's no solution. <laughs> what like, did you do, Viper? Like, <laughs> 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 like, oh, yeah, I fixed it. Fixed it. And then it's like, nailed it. And it's like, I'll post tomorrow how I did it. And then there's no second yeah. post. And then you're like, no. <laughs> and then this is like account inactive since five years ago. <laughs> yeah, right, right. <laughs> I will never know you, Viper. <laughs> <laughs> Fixed it. Delete account. Done. Yeah, delete account. <laughs> uh, awesome. <laughs> uh, so okay. <laughs> Sorry. Um, we've been talking about a lot of IoT, and uh, apparently, an IoT device. Won the uh, America's Greatest Maker contest right. that I, IBM was Intel, Intel, right? Intel, Intel, Intel sponsored. And they won a million dollars. And it's an IoT toothbrush All that you right. can play a video game with. So right. it's called the the Grush. The Grush is, Grush. is which stands for <laughs> gaming toothbrush or right. just game toothbrush. So apparently, it has like accelerometers and and things in it so it can it can actually monitor your toothbrushing sure. action uh and and depending on how you utilize it you can attack uh like enemies Space on a, on a screen oh, man yeah like the like uh um gingivitis and and tooth decay well it, it you link it up to uh one of your smart devices so your phone or your tablet ah, and you see. see like this cartoon image of a of a disgusting mouth and you have to eliminate all the enemies oh my uh yeah. I saw this picture Actively. of like an HTC Vive so, on someone's head and their toothbrush, like <laughs> beating themselves in the face with it. So VR I'll say this: brushing. I'll say this as as a father of a four year old who getting uh, her to brush her teeth twice a day is sometimes like moving mountains. Uh, if this is marketed towards kids, I am all in. Like I couldn't be more all in because uh, she's already into. She's already into, you know, like, everything tech. Like, it's, they, it's like fish to water. Um, like, I'd, I'd, I'd 100% do this. I'd be on board with this. Cool. Yeah. Do, do you guys know anything about, like, what the runners-up for this award were? Oh, I'm not sure. No, I'd have to look I that up. I just saw the article for this, and I'm like, yeah. oh, that's IoT. We got to it's, talk about it. Yeah, that. it's, it's <laughs> IoT. Well, um, and because of this, it... It's a cool idea. It's a little bit ridiculous, yep. but it's a cool idea. I thought we'd play a quick little game. Uh, All right. And, and the game yep. is you have to come up with a ridiculous IoT game. Yep. Uh, and 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 I came up with a game. So and Steven's cheating already. By I'm the way. cheating because I came up with one a while ago, and but I legitimately came up with it. <laughs> it's, it's written down on the team. Yeah, it's called. Uh, it's an IoT toilet game <laughs> called Bombs Away. <laughs> I can't believe I'm actually doing this, but but no, you play this game on the toilet, and it has uh, a microphone, and and you have to uh, defeat the enemies. Let's put it that way. You know, when you have to potty train your 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 kids. Sure. Yeah. There you go. The uh, you could also call it set death charges. The uh, <laughs> yeah. the hunt for the brown October. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, uh, so anyone else have some uh, IoT game ideas? 
I would okay. So um, I don't know how great this would be to help with uh, road rage, but something to help as a commuter. Uh, I think something along the lines of of some gamifying your your commute into work would be pretty cool. Like I'd be. I, oh, it would monitor I, how you're driving. Maybe, maybe. And so if you're less aggressive, you get more points. Maybe or lane changes and uh, you know what would be cool if it you know, if it but did a HUD heads up display using your blinker. <laughs> no one in Houston would ever get that unlocked. Achievement unlocked. <laughs> and maybe there's like a non-safe mode where it's like uh, the more you can swerve in and out of traffic, the more points you get. Oh, that's, like that sounds like Houston Michael, players. Michael, top you say, skills. So you say you traffic. say lane swerve, right? How about like blink and drink? You, you blink <laughs> and drink. <laughs> Pop a top, <laughs> but but a heads up display on your dash would be, uh, or or on your actual windshield would be cool. Uh, if you could like shoot other cars or something yeah, like that, yeah. that would that would be <laughs> awesome. And it would tweet out, or it would like give you points and tell everyone you've shot five hundred cars on your way home. <laughs> you shoot the slow lane, the slow person in the fast lane. You shoot them. Yeah, that'd be that, great. that would that would cure road rage, I think. I think, yeah, so. I think maybe it would make you feel better. That's the a great road idea. rage, though, right? Because like somebody cuts you off on the road, and you get angry as well. Even and though then you they're lose like points. You know, uber aggressive. Yeah. So like the HUD, I, I love that idea. Of maybe it's like you know, like a Tie Fighter simulation. Oh, yeah. that would be sick. Like you just bra, bra, bra. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and like just kind of like get some of the Star Wars sounds in there. That that would actually be pretty awesome. Because I'd be like, yeah. Yeah, I like if, that. if I was Luke Skywalker right now, you would be Gonzo's. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. There's the name, Gonzo's. Gonzo's. I like it. I like it. And you get like five of them in a row. It will. It, you unlock. Uh, don't get too cocky. Yes. <laughs> don't get cocky. <laughs> or or um, one in a million for the famous quote in yeah. the films. That's a great yeah. shot, kid. One in a million. One in a million. Yeah. That's good. You, you're driving home. That's not a moon. It's a space station. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I want to call a coach bus. <laughs> I mean, I'd love for like to be some kind of way that like at least maybe it counts the number of potholes that you run over on your bicycle. You know, like <laughs> something like that. Because we got a you've a achieved lot of flat tire. Yeah. <laughs> you know, actually, a, uh, a uh, an app on your phone would have detected a jar that was strong enough to register as a pothole. And then automatically open, uh, uploaded up to that uh, Houston three one one thing. Yeah. Oh, oh right, yeah. Three three one three one one. That'd be yeah. that'd be awesome. Then the automatically does that because they're supposed to fix those potholes within twenty. Do you hours. realize how fast their database would fill up? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it would just <laughs> like fast. stack overflow all the time. Well, you, could, you could have it set up to a normal server that filters out the results for the same location. That would be cool if it, if it gave like a histogram that showed. This pothole gets hit, you know, 400,000 times. times a day. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, fix it. I, yeah. I feel like the this would turn into, like, an advertisement for, like, the, the best, I don't know, like, NoSQL database provider or something like Amazon RDS. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we're, we're giving away really good ideas. I know. <laughs> for free. Hey, don't make these ideas more yeah, powerful. Thumbs up. Yeah. Please. Please, someone, Houston, someone make it. Someone make, make a pothole fixer app. We'll take please. idea attribution. Someone make, <laughs> someone make Dunzo, please. <laughs> Gonzo. 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 That would be fun. Yep. Any other Any other ideas? Nah, I'm, I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think those were pretty good. Yeah, Toilet bomb good. and gonzo. We're good. <laughs> Pothole fixer. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> okay, cool. Um, I guess uh, we'll have our guest uh, do the outro. 
Yeah, absolutely. Well, this has been the uh, the Macrofab podcast, and thank you for joining me. I am Matt Keys, and I am Brian Dorton, and we were your hosts, Parker Dillman and Stephen Craig. We'll catch y'all next time. Take it easy. Bye. Bye.